Hey, all cheaters. Welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm good, Josh. Audio fidelity is our number one chief concern, and I'm glad that our IBM Deep Blue computer, just the, the, the cooling fan just turned off to help our fidelity. What that means <laughs> is, yes, this is another preseason FPL preview in which we have utilized the always cheating IBM supercomputer courtesy yep. of Deep Blue, the champion chess playing computer. Uh, That's right. Which we used to great effect in our last episode, did we not, Josh? Great effect, great response to that pod, which was nice. It felt like uh, felt like we found, you know, every year you, you, you take a handful of weeks off, takes a little while to find your footing again, uh, a lot of new players join the league, et cetera, et cetera. And so that felt like, okay, now we're back to, we're in proper always cheating order. That was that was a, that was a nice reset pod for us. So thank you to everyone who listened, gave us nice feedback. We recorded that pod just three nights ago. So you and I are feeling very fresh right now. Yeah. Uh, we have moved on now from forwards to midfielders. Um, any thoughts on, you know, we got some feedback on the forward pod already. Any thoughts on players that we, you know, that people think we missed <laughs> or players that you feel like we should have included in the pod, anything like that? Well, the big one that we got comments on was Nico Williams, uh, Nico Williams, uh, not the defender from Forest. Nico J- uh, Jackson <laughs> or Nicholas Jackson, yeah, the new yep. forward at uh, Chelsea, Senegalese, 22 years old, who actually has just scored while we're recording this podcast against Newcastle uh, down in at Atlanta here in the States. So, and, and, and interestingly enough, Jackson started tonight alongside Nkuku. So people right. who are enthusiastic about Jackson coming to Chelsea are justified. And I'm wondering if we're going to have another wilson Isak situation on our hands with Nkuku Ooh. and Jackson. So stay tuned. Though I will say well, in, the first, yeah. in the first half, Jackson went down twice, you know, struggling with sort of uh, injury. Maybe yeah. he's just not match fit or whatever. But is he going to be one of those guys? And uh, Isak and Wilson both made our top 10 for the always cheating four rank. And so it could, it could work out well. And I think doubles are an interesting theme, Brandon, to establish early on in this podcast. Cause as we go through this 10, there are a lot of, of sets of two yes. midfielders. It's multiple squads that we're going to have to discuss on tonight's pot and where to put those two players, uh, two from Arsenal, two from, uh, two from uh, Man United. Uh, is there another? Oh, yeah, two from two from Man City as well. Sure. So lots of different uh, players to talk about in this week's pod. I think we've got um, three from I, Arsenal, I, spoiler alert. But and as Bob, three from Arsenal. As Bob wow. Odenkirk yeah. would tell us, Josh, triples makes it safest. So. <laughs> That's right. Well, let's, is that the second? I think we've slipped now two. I think you should uh, listen, leave references. Two guys two talking, now, you're so, not yeah. not referencing. I think you should leave. So let's just. This is, this is so true. Slip the I, references yeah. in and move on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a couple guys uh, living in. Well, I, I always want to say Brooklyn now, but you are on the Upper West Side now. I can't quite get used to that. Still in my head. In my head, you're still you're still a neighborhood away from me. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> but one thing I, I did want to mention is that these because we're doing these top ten midfielders, you know, or these top ten rankings across the board, we're looking at players um, that we think are going to be the best. Um, overall for the season, not necessarily the ones who are going to score the most points, but the best in terms of value, the best in terms of what the, what it's going to take for you to, I mean, yes, obviously, like, it'd be great to just be like, oh, we're going to predict these 10 players have the most points, but it's not always about just points, right? It's about 
you know, you only have a hundred million budget to work with, right? It's not, you know, if you're doing draft, it's different, obviously, but if you're just working under a fixed budget, then yeah. it's, you do have to make some really tough choices. And so value becomes an incredibly important part of the equation. And that's why someone like Mo Salah, despite being one of the absolute best players in the, in the Premier League is not universally owned going into game week one, because Erlen Holland is 14 million. Mo Salah is 20 or is 12.5. So not everyone, you know, if you want to have Trent Alexander-Arnold, right? Like, you know, spoiler alert for our defender pod in a couple of days, right? It's like, it's very hard. Suddenly a third, you have 15 players. You got to fill every single spot. You can't leave any empty. And if 30 plus million is allocated for just three players, it does make things very tricky in terms of what you're going to, you know, how's you're going to fit everything else in. And I think categories are really important. We're all as, as uh, engaged fantasy managers used to looking at data tables and, Data tables will take all of the stats into account and give you an aggregated one, two, three, four. And that's what we're going to present. We have made some very basic categories so that we, our always cheating brains, can compute. You know, as you said, Josh, what's the value? You know, I think I think you're selling. I, see, okay, I think you're selling us a little bit short here because you know these there are these all these all these models. When you actually look at what goes into the models, it's it's not like. It's not that sophisticated. This is all stuff that like most of us could do on our own if we just sat down. Fair, fair. I guess what I mean to say is exactly that. Like it's not that complicated and that's what we've learned in this exercise. But the additional thing that I've learned is if you step away from what's the aggregate, we're going to go 10 to 1 best midfielders and such as the IBM computer told us. Sure, uh, it's not us. But when yeah. you but when you look at number one or number three, yes, they when you total up all these categories, they hit at number three. But during the FPL season, you're going to find yourself in a situation where you don't need the third best midfielder. You specifically need a midfielder that is good value, or you need yep. a midfielder yes. that has uh, a high ceiling or one that is a differential. Yep. And so, while yep. one midfielder that we'll mention might be fourth in the list that midfielder might be number one at a certain specific moment in the season for your FPL team when you have a a specific need. So then I think it's really cool to take take a step back from the aggregation and say, well, let's, what's the individual category say for a situation that I might specifically be in later on down the line? Yeah. It makes it very clean, right? At some point it's like, all right, well, it's just like, I moved down my list. It's like, uh, you know, it's like an NFL draft or whatever. It's like you just take take the best player available, yeah. right? It's like okay, this is this is what I I have seven point five million. Okay, here's how I've ranked all these players. What's the best player that I can fit in under you know at seven point five million or, or or less? So with all that said, there aren't a lot of four point five like the the kind of very bottom end of the midfield rankings that. Those aren't really on here yet, and we get a lot of questions about those early in the season. I just think in general, it's it's really a little bit more of a first wild card problem. I think in general, unless you get hit pretty badly by injuries early on in the first couple weeks of the season, it's we don't necessarily really know who the best. First of all, for one thing, you should ideally have a, a, a team full of starters and not have like a whole bunch of punts going into the first you know okay. couple weeks of the season. Yeah. So in general, you you shouldn't need to go that deep onto your bench, right? In terms of like, oh, oh I need, I need, I'm really going to need my 4.5 million midfielder to get me huge minutes. And second, it, typically there are a couple players that that emerge from the promoted squads or from some of the kind of 
bottom half of the table squads, let's call them. Um, and I think those those players tend to emerge mm-hmm. after a, you know, a couple weeks into the season. And so yeah. I think in general, it's the first wild card is when I'm really focused on the kind of bench value and, and trying to find the best options for you know for that spot in my squad. That's right. Imagine yourself going to a new school at the start of each fantasy season and it you have to meet right. new people and make new friends uh, to sort of yep. join your crew. And those are, yeah, the Luton midfielders. We're going to, you know, we have to meet them. We have to hang out with them. We yeah. have to copy their homework and see what it's all about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You went to a new school with roughly 30 to 35 of your good friends. <laughs> but then you need, yeah, exactly. But then, then you're, you're, you know, inevitably going to take a couple of electives. One of them electives, is Mo Salah, coincidentally. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That'd be cool going to school with Mo Salah. Sounds fun. I bet he was taking a sh- He's probably taking his shirt off all the time, right? You know, just like uh, B plus on his chemistry exam, and his shirt's popping off immediately. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. Oh, yeah. I, I bet he had like a twenty four pack, even even then, whatever. No doubt. Is there? You know, can you get more than a six pack? I don't even really understand how a six pack. Works, it's unlimited. Right? It's unlimited, I mean, yeah, Josh. With technology yeah, it's, it's today, unlimited it's with unlimited, him. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Well, anyway, so we did uh, just as a re- quick refresher with the categories we looked at, uh, spit it all to, you know, spit it all into our uh, proprietary model, Brandon, mm-hmm. where historical, historical performance, uh, ceiling, floor, value, squad quality, fun to own, risk factors. We even looked, Brandon, I can't believe we did this at, at things like expected goals and expected assists and all the all that fun data yes. that um, that everybody has come to know and uh, and tolerate, well, yeah. you know, and so it's all in, in, in love in some cases. That's it. There's a particular player on on the list where X, XG sort of comes in to play in an interesting way, and uh, the, the the X factors uh, apply heavily to the high ceiling, high floor identifiers. The secret sauce here, though, Josh, is we always tell managers to make fantasy fun, don't make it yeah. miserable. So I think like that's the that's the the salt bay off the elbow. On our algorithm, yeah. it's the fun factor for a lot of these guys. That's true, and 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 you know, I, I would say this was, and, and we'll, we'll we'll stop talking about our model. I, I can see now why when people start creating a model, they just want to talk about the model more than the actual results because sure. it is fun. But we we did. You and I had debated. Uh, a few, I'd say more than with the, I mean, ultimately with the forwards, you're only talking about the entire pool of forwards is like 30 to 40 players, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, some teams only have one or two forwards even listed, you know, in, in the fantasy game. Uh, but with midfielders, you're talking about what, what is it, like more than 200, right? It's a much, it's a significantly larger pool of, of players. And so much trickier to figure out exactly mm-hmm. um, how to spit all this together. And so, yeah, I think we were both surprised by a couple of players. There was one player that you thought I had way, way too high, and we went back and forth on that. Yep. And then, then one player that you and I both had higher than we expected. Yes. And uh, we'll, you know, so that's just a little bit of a tease. We'll we'll, we'll get into that uh, in a minute. I just wanted to quickly note, though, Brandon, um, Super League code. Uh, if you have not yet joined the OSG in Super League, you can go to our website. There's a the auto join button right, literally at the top. There's a banner right at the top. You just click that button, you'll immediately join. But uh, if you're sitting there and you've got your your, um, the app open right now, uh, you can just use code A63ECL. Uh, I'm sure that's very easy for everyone to remember, but if you have a pen handy, <laughs> A63ECL is what you use. Uh, we also got a bunch of new Patreons this week, yes. Brandon, including a new producer patron. Welcome to Linus Wennerstrom, our newest producer patron, uh, as well as Corey Harris, Donovan Carter, and a uh, Volkswagen patron as well, Nick Sandylands, which is a great, I hope that's his real, real last name. 
name. That's a great last name. Uh, it Sandy sounds Lance. like a great place to vacation, Nick, at Sandy Lance. And I look forward Sandy to Lance. hanging yeah. out with you there. Josh, we need to talk about yeah. the uh, the piece of swag that we'll be delivering to our Volkswagen and producer patrons. I have a good idea. So let's talk about that offline. But Ooh, you, why don't you just tell her? Why do you tell our listeners? Well, listen, listen, what's your idea? Oh, I want to hear it. I did a trial run with uh, some uh-huh. winners of the always cheating uh, uh, leagues last season. And I sent them pint glasses with the always mm-hmm. cheating scarf guy on them. Yeah. And they're just starting to hit doorsteps of our league winners. And uh, they, they're they coming back with rave reviews. So, you know, if if I'm sick of <laughs> keeping track of people's T-shirt sizes. And listen, yeah. all due yeah. respect, I came out of COVID, uh, you know, a different person. Uh, people's t-shirt sizes change and this is lots of lots of moving targets there but people's appetite <laughs> yeah. for drinking vessels never changes so that's that's, that's what i'm true. thinking yeah i like it well that that's a cool I, I think we should just go ahead and do that but i think that's a good idea if somebody at the volkswagen producer level really does want a t-shirt instead of course we'll, we'll figure something be out. happy to accommodate but yeah exactly so that's a little behind the scenes scoop there for, for everybody. Yeah, we right? really workshop uh, that. But just just to give the full blooded pitch <laughs> for uh, Patreon before we move on to our top ten midfielders, I just really want to stress uh, how much the support helps us produce this free podcast and then our Patreon only podcast throughout the season. So if you become a Patreon yep. supporter. Uh, at certain tiers, you get an extra ad-free podcast every week, really on the eve of the game week deadline, where we can work out our, our, yeah. our thoughts about the deadline and hopefully enjoy a few more guests and interesting new perspectives this season. And our Discord has really yeah. flourished over the last year. So that's a place for uh, people to speak directly to you and me, Josh, about specific yeah. team advice or just enjoy a community of fun people so like the pod support the pod get more fpl stuff in return go to patreon.com slash always cheating perfect and then just one final note brandon which is that uh, all of our preseason content's been brought to you by fantasy football hub we know them we love them they have done uh some really great work in the preseason just i I just like the way that they've kind of mixed up their offerings as well uh so you go to fantasy football hub fantasy football hub.co.uk slash always 50 percent off membership at any tier okay i feel like i said that very quickly brandon but fantasyfootballhub.co.uk slash always for 50 percent off your membership at any pledge tier uh win your mini league or get your money back get your team ready for free by ai expert team reveals which is really the key one because those go on all season long so uh each week and and again uh, and I've, I've we've stressed this the last couple of pods but it's it's the the that should that's just fun like that yeah. part of the fun of of all this stuff is just the thought process and the thinking through and thinking about the strategy and so to me there's an idea with a lot of this stuff whether you're looking at um uh, you know you know sort of uh, model generated content uh, like ours of course Brandon everybody loves the <laughs> thank you model. Uh, or or uh, or expert team you know whether you're you know, you're copying somebody else's idea I mean that to me that's that's not really uh, how it, how it works in my experience uh, in either in either way really yeah. um, I just enjoy thinking the stuff through right and so I enjoy looking at models because it's fun for me to think about how that kind of clashes with my own thinking. It doesn't yeah. replace my own thinking. It's just part of it. And then uh, the team reveals. I just enjoy hearing people who are really good at the game yeah. think about their strategy. Seems natural, right? 
yeah, yeah, and and and, yeah, and, exactly. yeah. and, and uh, if you're if you're strictly like I'm I'm non-human adjacent, I don't want to know a thought process. Get the raw stats with the Opta um, filtering stat situation that Hub is really great at, and they're really good at yep. clean visualizations. So yeah, big fans, visit fantasyfootballhub.co.uk/slash always for fifty percent off at any tier. Josh, I believe this is the point at which we take a quick break. Nice, clean break, Brandon. We're going to get back and we're going to jump right into it. We've got an honorable mention, a pre-honorable mention, and then our top 10. So lots of, lots of midfielders to discuss. Let's take a break. All right, Brandon, we're back. Top 10 midfielders for the new Fantasy Premier League season. So we went through this. We, we, you know, we got our top 10. We actually have a tie uh, in the 10th place spot. Uh, and we realized we had a couple of players... When we did our, our forward pod, we ran to the top 10 and then I had a few players that we just discussed a little bit at the end. Um, but I, I just thought maybe as like a listening experience, it'd be kind of interesting to know who just missed the cut, yeah. right? Who was sort of there? There were it's, it's, it's a little bit like uh, in golf, Brandon, you've got the fairway, <laughs> then you've got the first the first cut of rough and then the second cut of rough. Right. Sure. Uh, and then the, I, I guess it was like what, out of bounds or whatever. I thought you were going to talk about there, the literal so, yeah. cut, like in the open, like guys who didn't make the last day or something like that. That would have been more apt. I'm just suggesting. But I'm with you. Yeah, different cuts of grass. That's true. <laughs> different kind of. Yeah, that's true. But these are so these are the uh, the rough cut to start here is um, our. Uh, pre-honorable mention. So yep. uh, apologies to Morgan Gibbs-White, uh, Briche Ezzi, James Madison, and Andreas Pereira. So sorry. You are you are in our thoughts. <laughs> you just will not be discussed uh, on this particular podcast. So that is the pre-honorable mention. Uh, just missed the cut. More to come on those players, I'm certain, as the season goes on, especially because they're, they're more affordable. Morgan Gibbs-White did not enter either of our tables, and I told you before we started. This is the guy who, this is going to be our Nicholas Jackson. The people, the people are going yep. to most comment about his absence because he's... Uh, when he moved to Forest, he ended the season on 12 assists. He basically t- has turned into the new James Ward-Prowse, assuming JWP yeah. doesn't make his way back to the Premier yeah. League. So, but but at six million, that's that's a tough one to sell. I don't want to hit these uh, rough cut guys too hard, but I do just want to quickly say on Andreas Pereira. I think Mitrovic probably almost definitely leaving Fulham this summer is a is a huge win for Pereira because he's next in line for penalties, as we all assume. So yeah. at five point five, if Fulham can hit any sort of stride at in, in during this season, Andreas Pereira will become a good pick. I still think Vinicius could be an interesting pick too. Mm-hmm. I you know if if I, I just don't know if Raul Jimenez is really going to be starting all the time, but no. I, I, him joining yeah. does make things. Uh, more complicated yeah. for Vinicius. You totally. Know? If, it, if he had that lane to himself, it's kind of like a, a Vissa, you know, where Vissa seems like he's going to have the lane to himself, which makes things a little, yep. a little easier. So, um, yeah, and I think that yeah, Morgan gives away. I just think in general, we talk about value at the top of this pod, and six million for a for a Forest midfielder, despite his performance last year. I'm not nothing to do with his quality, but it's just. Uh, teams at the bottom have the table don't tend to score as often, right? Just that's just a general, that's just a fact. And you know, I think it makes things a little tricky when you can go up just a half million, one million more, and get some of these starting midfielders on top 
six top seven teams. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's really what what dinged him a little bit uh, in in the rankings. Yeah, imagine Again, you know we didn't we don't we don't pick this stuff, Brandon. This is all you know. Well, we just read the paper that's uh, spit results. out from the dot yeah, matrix printer in front of us. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, imagine paying 0.5 more uh, than Gore, uh, Morgan Gibbs White and getting Matoma. So that's just kind of what you're yeah, talking about. It, that's exactly that's exactly right. Yeah, and and we'll see we'll see if Matoma cracks the list, Brandon. Who knows? Uh, Spoiler. We'll see. So we have so those are the uh, pre honorable mentions. We have some actual honorable mentions here. Uh, three play and no four players actually that we want to talk about before we get to our top ten. Uh, Raheem Sterling, uh, seven million uh, price, three point three percent ownership. The way people have been talking about Sterling, I just assumed he would have cracked like five percent ownership or something 3.3 is shockingly low and uh i mean six goals and four assists last season which is obviously um a huge dip from what he'd done I mean, basically every chelsea player that's moved anywhere this summer you're like wow that was really a dip from the previous <laughs> year um yep. i mean he had five consecutive seasons of double digit goal returns um before that now granted that was that was at man city it's a different situation but i mean the question is is he washed up? Were uh, Chelsea just sort of out of sorts? Uh, when we all kind of know that Chelsea was out of, we're, we're just like a kind of a mess last season. Is it a little bit of both? I mean, what are you, what do you think about yeah. Sterling? I think it's a combination of both. I think Chelsea was very broken last year and Sterling was also very broken. The good signs yeah. just in the little we've seen of Pochettino in the summer is Chelsea are scoring goals <laughs> the the lineups look kind of interesting. There, yeah. there is some semblance of a plan. Now, uh, Mudrick started tonight against Newcastle uh, on the left, where Sterling would probably play. It's unclear yeah. at this point what Pochettino has planned. We'll know more in in the next two weeks, certainly as we're prepping our for yeah. our game week one deadline. But no, Sterling is not anywhere close to my thoughts right now because. You know, you do what he did last summer. You're gonna have to, you're gonna have to apologize or do something. I mean, yes. What do you mean last summer? Like it makes sound like he did like a specific thing, like he ran somebody over with his car. Yeah, yeah. Just (laughs) yeah. I know what you did last summer, Raheem. Um, I mean, he's he's has a great history, and that's one of the categories that you know we're we're trying. We're not taking just last season into account, but uh, you know, certainly playing for Liverpool and City when they were in good when there were in good moments when Sterling was there did that overinflate Sterling's capability is he just not a player who's going to do it all uh, he's is he not like a I mean, lone star he was very good at Liverpool too uh, you know before he moved mm-hmm. uh, is that doesn't Liverpool time for him feel so incredibly far away sure now it does like, yeah he was I, he was I, a I wee babe he was, yeah he was. I remember when he was just a 4.5 million <laughs> player. Yeah. Speaking of 4.5 million guys, so yeah, I, he has to get mentioned because he, I, I guess he's in my thoughts more than you. Just because if there's one thing that I that if there's one thing that that traditionally has been fantasy gold, it's when a very good team, uh, frequently Chelsea, uh, puts up like a real stinker of a season and doesn't qualify for Europe, and suddenly they have. An entire year of smooth sailing, yep. just Premier League and domestic cups, and yep. they tend to bounce right back up to you know European spots, and their players 
you know, they're more consistent, right? There's, there's less rotation. So whoever ends up emerging on that left flank, right? Yeah. Whether it's Mudrick, whether it's Sterling, uh, I mean, they don't have, they don't have Havertz anymore. They don't, uh, Pulisic is, is I think officially gone now as well. Oh, yeah. He's already Milan, playing for right? Milan. Yeah. He's gotten, is he already playing for Milan? Okay. Ago, yeah. yeah. Oh, did he? Okay, good. Okay. Mm-hmm. I knew that was rumored. And then I just sort of, you don't have to worry I, you know, about him anymore, Josh. He's fine. I don't want, I didn't enjoy, I was so excited to have him join Chelsea yeah. and then it became so stressful as an American that it, mm-hmm. it ceased to be fun. I just want him to go somewhere else. And, you know, Milan have this great history of, uh, uh these players like have, you know, these long careers there and they extend people's careers and Olivier Giroud has found mm-hmm. a, apparently Giroud called him and, and pitched him on the, on, on moving there. So Anyway, so let's let's hope things work out for who am I talking about again? <laughs> let's hope things work We're out. We're talking for about, Sterling. We'll see about so, Sterling. So I think yes. uh, just yeah. just yeah. last on that, I think the best case scenario for Chelsea is they find themselves in an Arsenal situation where between Jackson and Cuckoo and Sterling, you've got three mid tier priced guys who are scoring goals, easy to slot yeah. into your team. Yeah. The question we have yeah. is who's it going to be? And the feeling is maybe the better bet and the easier fit into a fantasy lineup is going to be up front for Chelsea. That's my thinking. Yeah, I think they're they're a team that uh, has like a billion dollars worth of players and they're priced like like a like a. 11th place team mm-hmm. which they which they just really aren't in terms of talent and so yeah I, i'm with you if they, if they figure it out there's gonna be a ton of ton of value there i guess value is the is the theme of this week's mm-hmm. pop um so let's move on to the next player gerard bowen brandon perhaps you've heard of gerard mm. bowen mm-hmm. um jj yeah he may pronounce it <laughs> he may pronounce it jared no I, I know jared bowen uh seven million uh, another another low ownership player, five point eight percent. He had six goals and nine assists last. It was actually a little better than I thought he did, um, because it was such a steep drop, almost half of his returns the previous season. He had twelve twelve goals and seventeen assists the year before that. So you know, major major dip. Um, he was much improved. I'll note in the second half of the season, uh, he had only two goals and zero assists after the first sixteen matches last season. So he picked up uh, four goals and nine assists uh, in the final effectively the final half of the season and so i think that's that is an important thing uh to note that there was maybe a little bit of you know they had a big season maybe a little bit of a hangover effect i I don't really know and he ended on a high note josh uh scoring the game winner for the the europa conference league trophy so that's that's a big deal however you know west ham struggled last season you know fighting on multiple fronts uh what happens this season with Declan Rice, their best midfielder, if not their best player, is gone? Does, yeah. <laughs> does yeah. that like back West Ham even farther into the corner? This is this is my concern. But let that know. not besmirch Jared Bowen because I'm a believer. I think he is. You know, there are players where you think whether it's Aaron Ramsey or Miguel Almiron, where you're like, well, this is just kind of magic and we're not going to replicate this. Bowen yep. does project real deal sort of status. I wish he was a little bit cheaper. I wish he was 6.5, right? It's hard to look at Matoma and Bowen. I mean, I, maybe we don't need to keep holding Matoma up here, but for, for 0.5 million cheaper, you can get Matoma, a player who performed better last season on a better club. Um, and it's it's sort of hard to pass that up. I mean, I, I don't think the threat of the Europa League is, is so significant that it would make me go for um, Bowen over Matoma. Um, all right, a couple more players. I think we're getting in, in, in the slightly more 
controversial territory. But again, we're still in honorable mention category here, Brandon. Uh, we've got Jack Grealish, $7.5 million, uh, 7.8% ownership. And just listen to the ownership here because I think it's interesting to know where these people kind of fall right now in terms of who's you know selecting uh-huh. them in the in the game. Because um, some are some are very high. Like the Mboma, who we're going to talk about in a second, is at 23.5% ownership, right? Mm-hmm. It's a very, very significant ownership. Um you know, for, for preseason. Uh, so Greer's at 7.5, uh, 7.5 million, had five goals and 10 assists and a real breakthrough second year at Man City really claimed the left wing spot for, for his own, but became mm-hmm. a very regular starter. Um, however, he was the player we talked to earlier about a player that I had a little higher in the top 10. And then when you and I talked it through, I think you were sort of making the case that he just hasn't certainly since he's been at Man City, been, a very satisfying player to own in fantasy, right? It's like the the kind of the aggregate numbers look good at the end of the season, but week to week, he's not a very, am I, am I yeah. saying this correctly? Uh, in in a way, even just before he got to City at Villa, you know, he's never been, just to compare him to the best of the best, he's never come close to a 200-point fantasy season. When he was at Villa 2019-20, 149 with eight goals and 70 assists was his highest points tally. And if we're weighting historical efficiency in fantasy, Grealish doesn't have it. For me, he falls into that Jordan Henderson, James Milner sort of bracket of, I want a piece of this really good team. And here's a guy who plays and is cheaper than the rest. I can fit him Mm -hmm. in. Um, But to to that that point... That seems too... Milner and... Yeah, well, I just think he's got. I, I think he yeah. has a low floor and a low ceiling. As and and yeah. listen, and I'm not saying I don't rate Grealish as a player. He's sure. obviously one sure, of the sure, best sure. players in England. Um, yeah, but from a shrewd fantasy perspective, I think it's low floor, low ceiling, not worth it. Yeah, he's not. He's not a great. I feel like he's not a his his goal scoring in his goal scoring instincts have never really been spectacular, have they? And I feel like that's that's the one thing that's really. Yeah held him back a little bit fantasy-wise. And at this point, we have a, a fairly long track record to look at in terms of his his returns. I mean, the most scores he's ever scored in the Premier League was eight, and that was four years ago. Um, and that was at a squad that needed somebody to score yeah. goals, right? Yeah. And unlike now, where it's... Uh, I mean, Holland just takes all the goals. I mean, you know, even, even someone like De Bruyne is... His goal scoring output suffers as a result of you know uh, Holland's Holland the the goal like you know the um, the Roomba of of goals right just goes around sucking. I love sucking the idea of Holland up. just aimlessly like bumping into all the corner <laughs> flags, mapping out the entire pitch, hoovering up all the goals. I love that. Yeah, it feels that way. But the they end just of the, empty yeah, the out the all match. the Nike Nike balls at the end of the match into a bucket. Yeah, exactly. Now I want that as like some. I want that on my t shirt. I want the Holland the Hoover or the Holland uh, the Hoover right, actually so works. Yeah, Holland it actually works better than Roomba, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so so we've got Grealish, and I, I think I, I think I, I was I was I ultimately really was persuaded by your case, and I think that um, because t- when it comes down to it. I don't really have any strong desire to have Jack Grealish on my fantasy team, right? <laughs> yeah. And you, if someone's going to make your top 10, you might want to find them somewhat compelling yeah. in terms of adding them to your Controversial team. in that Grealish had one of the highest rankings in our algorithm of fun factor to own. Very fun to own, 
but it couldn't he make up fun. the difference in in all the other categories. <laughs> it's true. Well, it's fun to own because his ownership doesn't tend to be that high. He's a cool and he guy. Plays all these minutes. Yeah, he's got that fun hair. Uh, he seems like a he seems, you know he had more fun than anybody when they won the, <laughs> the Premier League. Like Bless credit, you, sir. credit to him. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, the final honorable mention here is in one of the tougher cuts, I'd say. Um, but just, it's just how, I mean, I know we're joking about our proprietary model, but he really was the, the final cut here for the, for mm-hmm. the top 10. Um, and that's, uh, Brian and Boma, 6.5 million, 23.5% ownership. So quite high ownership, uh, nine goals and nine assists last season. I, I have to admit the sheer, like num like the actual, like returns were higher than I was expecting. I did, I somehow didn't realize he was that close to a, a double double of, of <laughs> fantasy returns, which would be impressive. Yeah. And I watched the yeah. entirety of the Brentford Brighton match tonight, Wednesday, July 26th. And, uh, and yeah. and Wissa both started and Bomo was stuck on the right. He was playing the solid role and he did look on it. He looked very fit. He looked very composed. He was playing very creative passes. He was looking for yeah. Vissa in the middle. Uh, he's interesting. I think Brighton, you know, it's it's preseason, so we, we, we shouldn't look too much into it. But Brighton looked a little bit off the pace and just didn't look like uh, they weren't oozing. Uh, they weren't sparkling for me. I'll say that. Yeah, I think uh, losing McAllister is going to take a little time to adjust to. Um, well, yeah, that's uh, Brighton. I'm I'm talking about Brentford, but uh, oh, Brentford, yeah, but sorry. but yeah. Brighton, yeah. yes. Well, one cannot discount uh, losing McAllister there. Brighton had some new guys who who look great. That's a whole other thing that we could talk about later. <laughs> that's a horse of another color. <laughs> maybe maybe one will crack our top ten. You know, let's see what happens. Given uh, <laughs> I had not heard of the guy who scored a brace tonight until he scored a brace, uh, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's there's no there's no I, I there's I feel like there are some people that you see on and well anyway it doesn't matter okay all right let's let's so so in Bomo um you know you, you would expect more without Tony for half the season um I have to ask though Brandon long term does being without Ivan Tony really help in Bomo I mean he's six point five million so it's a, it's a pretty high price um and they're losing maybe their best passer or certainly one of their best passers, uh, a focal point for the defense. Um, and so there's going to be a lot more attention on him. And you would think that there would be strategies built around marking him out. Yeah. Right. And so even though he may kind of initially, you know, just as often happens, you see, you see this in many other sports, right. Where the, the main player gets injured and somebody else does step up. But after, after a while, the team just isn't kind of as good mm-hmm. because the you, the main player is everything has to kind of slot into place. The main player is the in the one slot, and everybody else is sort of a number two, number three yeah. player. And I, I'm not sure that Mbomo is a kind of lone star type type player. I tend to agree, and I think this is my overall concern about Brentford is Tony being out until mid January, and then Raya, the goalkeeper, not even being in the squad tonight. No real rumors about where is Raya going to go. If I had to guess, I'd say Chelsea. Um, but mm. if if Raya leaves and they don't have Tony, it's just like this is a picture of a team that is getting worse, not better. Now, not to discredit like Thomas Franks and They're, you know he can work, sure. work magic. Yeah. I'm sure they'll be like a, and, a stable yeah, yeah. team. But as far as fantasy output, I'm with you. I feel like it's going to be on the downward trajectory. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that that's what's dinging him for me a little bit as it's just uh, and, and again, he's, he's the same price as as uh, Matoma player. I just 
Um, by the way, the way we're talking about Matoma, you'd think he'd be number one in our rankings, Brandon. This guy's in the Could most be. bandied about name on this, this week's want me to rerun the, um, uh, uh Want me to rerun the program? Just to see if he comes out on top before we get we, into it. We did. We ran what? Uh, we ran a hundred thousand simulations, mm-hmm. and this is what we came up with. So, yeah. Why don't we run a hundred thousand more? And uh, let's take it. We'll we'll take a break, and we'll come back, and we'll see what it what it spits out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, and certainly worth considering for a squad. But I, I, you know, I don't think he's great value at six point five, and I and I have some concerns about the team as as you do. So let's move on to the top ten now, Brandon. Top yes. ten, we've got a tie, a tie to kick things off, just like we did with the forwards. Uh, another way for us to cheat and add one more player for to, for our discussion: uh, Mason Mount and Phil. Foden, Fodinho. So Mount is at seven million. Just joined Man United from Chelsea. Uh, one of those classic Man United moves where they were just bidding against themselves, higher and higher as the uh, as the summer went on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they got the, they got their man, and it's I think it's a very good move for him. And I'm excited to see how it all works out. And then Phil Foden, who is an interesting spot as well because he. Um, two of the best players for Man City just left. And in, in theory, you you would expect a spot to maybe be a little more stable for him this this season. And, uh, I mean, the, the question is always, what is Phil Foden's <laughs> best position? It's He plays everywhere, yeah, right? He, he can play as a as – a, I mean, you know, he was supposed to be the next David Silva at one point, and then that didn't really ever happen. And so then you see him – he was on the left, and then Grealish kind of took that spot, and so then he was on the right. And Foden's was, played in so many positions – I, I feel like if he were to leave the Premier League, every Fortune 500 company would be lining up to hire this guy. Uh, he, <laughs> yeah, he, he's that's true. basically been a like CV. a through officer yeah. candidate school at the Marine Corps or <laughs> yeah, something like that's that. That's true. That's true. Yeah, he's like a he's like a Rhodes. Yeah, exactly. He's a very accomplished. Uh, uh, yeah, he could definitely play defense too. You could totally see him just become like a fullback or something, yep. right? In seven years. Yep. Um, so. I, I like both these players. Um, I think Mason Mount uh, got dealt a kind of tough hand last year with um, with all the with all the chaos at Chelsea. I I mean, shh. I, in general, I'm just not really not holding almost any of these players responsible for it. Right? It just feels feels like they they just bought and bought and bought, changed owners. Or, I mean, changed managers. Uh, they had three managers ultimately on the season, um, and which which was a, precipitated was by a change situation. of ownership. So that wasn't just a slip of yeah. the tongue. Exactly. So a lot of a lot of different things happened um, in the offseason, I think, that really affected the squad. So uh, not a great season for Mount last year. But speaking of the the double double, Brandon, he had 11 goals and 11 assists in the season before that. And he's kind of fairly for someone who may ultimately slot in as more of a number eight for Man United. I think that he has a pretty high ceiling and he is the kind of player that can really explode and pick up. Mason Mount's the kind of the kind of player at seven million who could score. 20 plus points in a match mm-hmm. can maybe do it one or one or two times this season and you don't often get that from a seven million player right usually those players are priced a little bit a little bit higher but but because he he can score from midfield because he's should be on more set pieces i think he's mm-hmm. the the early talk is that he's maybe going to take on the more of like the erickson role right so sort of like in front of casemiro um so yeah what do you think about mason mount just to start things off with sure him? his greatest skills are pressing off the ball and prog- and progressing the ball uh, usually through passing my concern about mason mount is i think his role is going to change match to match depending on the opposition which 
which mm-hmm. would mean I feel like he'll pr- he'll probably get a ton of minutes. But if it's a tougher opposition where it may require more pressing and that Man United have less of the ball, is it going to lower the fantasy ceiling for Mason Mount? On the whole, though, I feel pretty optimistic about it. I he is like one of the like chief uh, players though where I'm like I just need to see what it looks like yeah. in reality yeah. before I come close to putting him into any sort of team. Yeah, cuz you just feel kind of foolish going into game week 1 if he's there I mean this happened a little bit with Bruno uh, at times last season especially I think when Casper was out where it's like you never want a player in your fantasy team to be literally off the screen, right? <laughs> yeah, right. It's like the screen is showing all the important stuff in the match. You're the, the team, the, the team that your player is on is attacking, and you can't even see your guy because they're <laughs> yeah. so they're so they're set so deep uh, that they they're, they're falling off the screen. So there is a little off the screen concern with Mount, but Ten Hag is also dis- and and we haven't really seen this so far, so you know we'll see how it all plays out. But and you know it could change; it could, they could go back and forth a little bit. But Ten Hag has talked about how much he likes Bruno in a deeper role, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's impossible that we see Mount ultimately move f- ahead of Bruno in the um, you know in terms of his his positioning. Mm-hmm. And if so, then you're looking at a player who is uh, really exciting for fantasy at seven million. Yeah. Um, and so. Just a, a wait and see. I, I think he could be, he could end up being one of the most bought players over the first two or three weeks of the season. It would not surprise me at all if Mason Mount became a, like a must own level player over the first, you know, few weeks of the season. Yeah. If he pulls a John McGinn and scores, you know, in game yeah. week one, yes. he will be, yeah. he will yeah. be the bandwagon of all bandwagons yeah. going into game yeah. week two. Or, or if we just see him in like a number 10 type role, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, Good you know, happen. then which, uh, yeah, uh, exactly. I don't think anyone, we don't, I mean, it's not like 10 hogs is going to come out there and just straight up say, I mean, how it's, how, you know, it's all going to play yeah. out. So, I mean, I, who even knows? I mean, God, that, that, that Man United lineup last night for the Wrexham match. I hope fans, they should be able to ask for a refund. <laughs> I feel like if you go to see Man United and Literally the only player that you might have heard of on the pitch was Johnny Evans, who's, you know, <laughs> I what, think like it was 42? like a, a totally different squad. They're they're actually playing Real Madrid as we talk. So yeah. it's like weird, like Manchester United brought multiple squads uh, into the into the yeah. summer. So it's like Johnny Evans and the boys. And then you've got like the real. But it's like I, I, I don't think that those Benjamin Wrexham tickets were free. I highly doubt that that was like a uh, charity match. I, I'm pretty sure people had to go to Ticketmaster and buy them and have a very large <laughs> yeah. upcharge attached yeah. to it. Uh, so, and then Paul Mullen got injured too, and he's out for the start of the season. That's awful. So, so, I will say, just just yeah. as we're talking about, it, so the way Manchester United's first team essentially lined up against Real Madrid tonight is uh, Mainu, a midfielder I'm not familiar with, is in the pivot with Casemiro and Mount is playing on the right, kind of in the Anthony role. Manu gets ah, injured, okay. taken off in the sixth minute, replaced by Christian Eriksen. So we've got Claxon, Mount, and wow. Eriksen on the pitch at the same time. Who will who will take oh. the free kick? <laughs> this is exciting. I love how much tape you're watching this, this summer, fr- Brandon. It's, it's you, like, are you it's much like more plugged in? Going, like it's in going right into yeah. my yeah. veins at the moment. I'm yeah. not sure if yeah. you know how much is actually sticking, but we're trying. 
Yeah, you should be going on our Twitter and dropping some match reports. This is good. This is good stuff. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sh- yes, that's a that's a good idea. Or do it on Threads. I don't know. I need to Blue get sky. rid of this knowledge. <laughs> Unburden <your> myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or X. Yeah. Why are you not on X all the time, Brad? What's going yeah. on? I don't know because everyone thinks it's a <laughs> pornography site or something like that. What are the weirdest? <laughs> it's, or it sounds like a drug. Yeah. Oh yeah, Brandon. Brand, yeah, Brandon's on X now, so just you can ignore him. <laughs> <laughs> all right, can we can we get into the? Uh, we're into yeah. the top ten. So we do need to. Touch upon Phil Foden any anymore? Yeah. I guess I guess the thing I would say about Foden over Mount is that Foden is he's just by far the more attacking player uh, on the yeah. more attacking. I guess There's, he's just he, I mean, he's on Man City. I guess to put it bluntly, yeah, totally. And, and yes. he's he's just so he's he's a little ballerina in that eighteen yard box, and and yeah. I love him and. The question that we talked a little bit about last week was: Does does is Phil Foden standing to inherit the Kevin De Bruyne central role like he did in the Champions League final, or is he still going to be wrestling with Grealish for minutes on the left? Yeah, I mean, and De Bruyne still, he's, yeah, he's still, fit. still, yeah, yeah, supposedly, I mean, he's, he's, right? Yeah, he he's traveled with yeah. the team so far as we know. Yeah. I know, but then, yeah, I mean, at the end of the season when Pep was like, oh, yeah, his hamstring is gone. It's like, ripped okay, in half. Sound, sound, <laughs> yeah, ripped in half. That doesn't sound good. It sounds like that might take, like, more than, you know, three weeks it to, to like heal up. sounds like you lost staples of some kind. Yeah, it doesn't sound good. It sounds like a, like a thing that could re-injure itself. I mean, mm-hmm. hamstrings are, like, notorious for just dogging players for, for years and years. So, yeah, so let's see where he's, let's see where Scott's on. I think that he's a, he's a, a true community shield player. Really want to watch this, this year's community shield. I want to see how he plays. Um, and I think that will tell us a lot about whether we should consider him. I mean, I, he's, it's hard for me to fit him into my squad at the moment. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, there are so many midfielders that I'm excited about. And I think that's really why he's 10th. It's, it's a little, it's very unlike the, um, the forward pot where we had to get, almost in the top five or six before there were players that I was really excited about. Yeah. I think in the midfield category, we've already discussed about nine players, right? And we're yeah, still kind of all want to have all of them. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it, it, it really does get tricky. And uh, so I, but I, I think Foden, yeah, Foden could be a uh, tremendous value. I just, I just want to see where he's playing. I mean, if he's in that Gundo role, that's a slightly deeper role. I, um, he won't necessarily, you know, he might, it might help his, I mean, it'd be just great to have him on the pitch more consistently yeah. because it's not like Man City is rigid in terms of their uh, formations, and he would certainly get chances. But you know, I, I guess ideally you would have him maybe on the on the right. I mean, I just don't know if it's going to be uh, Alvarez or Foden. It feels yeah. like one of those two players will be consistently starting on the right, and I'm just not sure which one it'll be yet. Remains to be seen. All right, so that's the tie yep. at number ten. Moving on to number yep. nine, who do we got? Yeah, the man himself, uh, Karu Matoma, six point five million price, thirty point thirty seven point six percent ownership. Was he like a template? Like, was he like when you just like auto when you auto tuned the your team? Was he like uh, <laughs> he might have been? I, I, he yeah. might have been. I, if memory serves, I mean the the price yeah. is so sweet for him. It um, is. I, it is. Yeah, yeah he's imminently. It feels affordable. like people are gonna. 
It feels like people are going to overthink this one. Uh, I, I really, yeah, him and Estepanian, uh, uh, honestly, are just two players that I, I really, really, really strongly feel like I'm going to have in my squad going into game week one. I, he was last season's second half breakout. He had seven goals and nine assists and just 24 starts. So again, you look at the, the total number there, you can see maybe why he's priced 6.5 million, but seven goals and nine assists in, in 24 starts is, is really quite strong, especially for a 6.5 million player you'd expect to start virtually all the, well, certainly 30 plus matches this season. Um, he did underperform his XG uh, even by a goal and a half. So um, he was at like 8.47 or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, he did overperform his XA, Brandon, his expected assists. But I, I don't really like, I you know, the fantasy game now has on the on the fantasy website, you can, or the Premier League website, you can see uh, XG and XA. They just incorporated it, which I think is a nice change. But I think XA can be a little deceptive because, you don't get an expected assist yeah. for like a shot that rebounds and I don't think like optic counts that as an assist, but the fantasy yeah. game does. Right. So there's a little, that's a tricky. Yeah. One. And there are lots of different XG and XA models out there. A lot of people would swear by like ones on FB ref or so on. So it's, it's not clear to me where the premier league is getting their XG from. from is, is this something that yeah. Op- Opta is calculated? But I think for the purposes of our discussion for what deep yeah. blue has fed us on our trusty dot yeah. matrix printer, that's what we're going yeah. with. You know, I think it's just sort of that, a template setting sort of stat. I agree. The thing I love about Matoma is he's fun factor plus results. He is all action yeah. Pretty Mm -hmm. much everything he does results in a take-on, which is good for bonus. It results in uh, a chance created or a a chance that he's taking. He And it's just so much fun to watch, and you're just like waiting for the points to happen. There were many matches last season where you had to wait 90 minutes for it to occur, occur, and magically it did because he is always involved in the Brighton attack. And yes, Josh, to yep. tap into my intake of summer series, every time Matoma yep. has stepped on the field for Brighton, it's been exactly the same. He's just running yeah. at defenders and doing that thing. He's already got an assist uh, to his name this summer. Yeah, uh, I think that it's and and you know, just speaking of Brighton in general, I, uh, obviously they they did lose McAllister, but. And, and there's a couple other players who, who are a rumor, but I, I think the the team fundamentally will look fairly similar year over year. And I think they actually could have, um, I think the forward spot might be a little more stable this, this, this year as well. And I think that could really help him pick up some, some easy assists too, because again, he's like, as you say, he's so dangerous mm-hmm. going down the left and he's creating a lot of chances and maybe, um, I don't know. So I, I, I think and also it's just fun to have, uh, a player in this Brighton attack. I mean, Deserby just made Brighton so exciting last season. They're just a really fun squad to watch. And uh, I don't know why that would change just because of the loss of McAllister. I, I, I mean, they, they were rotating pretty heavily at the end of last season because of um, all the double game weeks that they had. And they were still performing really strongly um, all, all the way down the stretch. And so I, I, I think that... Um, Bright and and you know they have this they, they have the Europa League but first of all that's not going to be a factor early on in the season and I think in general it's it behooves Premier League managers and, and if they don't want to avoid if they want to avoid getting sacked it behooves them to <laughs> to put their eggs in the Premier League basket yeah. right and yeah. not worry so much about Europe and so uh, any concern about Europe with Matoma would be more of a like February March yep. April problem totally interesting thing that I observed uh, in the. Brighton-Brentford match was this mid uh, Simone Andingra 
who was playing mm-hmm. in the uh, Solly March role on the right, and he was on loan last season, season for Brighton. He scored a brace. One of his goals was from an assist from your boy, Jason Steele, mm-hmm. in goal. Ooh, so um, there's, a, there's a sub... Uh, honorable honorable mention for Simone Andriga. Keep your eyes out. I like that. Um, yeah, I think that there's. Um, I, well, you were you and I are going to see Brighton on. Uh, oh yeah, well, we'll, we'll even you know, we'll more see, scouting yeah. after this weekend. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. We're going to see Brighton and Newcastle play on Friday, and uh, yeah, we'll see if Sally March uh, has something to say about our rankings I as well. Think, right? He think, didn't even make. I think he's he didn't even make the second yeah. cut. Oh, is he injured? Oh, phew. Okay, yeah. good. All right, then we don't have to get in trouble for him not even making the second cut of rough. Uh, all right, well, He's there, out of that's bounds. where we are. That's Matoma. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, number eight is, we mentioned him briefly a moment ago, uh, is Kevin De Bruyne up 10.5 million, 6.5% ownership. Uh, my first note here, Brandon, was that eighth for Kevin De Bruyne feels too high and too low somehow. Yeah. There's no good spot to slide him in right now. I feel like at 10.5, it's, it's just tricky. He's sort of like, you know, it's just not, he's still a little, he's, he's pretty expensive considering what you can get. For two million, or or even or even two point five million, you know, in some of the Arsenal, Man United, even some of the Liverpool midfielders, and so it's just it's really hard to put him much higher from a value perspective. Obviously, he's a great player. Obviously, we'll expect double digit assists from him this season, but he's been injured a lot um, uh, over the last couple of years. His hamstring is, as you noted before, stapled together. That doesn't seem good. So, I mean, what are, what are your thoughts on on Kevin De Bruyne? So we're in this position where now everyone wants to be the first to predict the demise of Kevin De Bruyne. Now he's won his Champions yeah. League. He's won all yep. the European trophies. 
Mm-hmm. Is he now going to become that, like the old version of Steven Gerrard in his latter Liverpool days where he comes on for three minutes and gets a red card because he just doesn't, he just doesn't like anybody yeah. anymore. Um, yeah. But, but yeah. is, is it too soon? Uh, because I like Kevin De Bruyne is still my favorite midfielder on planet earth. I love watching him play. How old is he? Uh, is he like 32 maybe? 29. No, he's younger than that. I think he's, uh, he is 32. Okay. That's, so that's nailed it. I'm I'm impressed. That was yeah, and <laughs> I, uh, he, yeah, I, he just turned he just turned thirty. He's my guy. I have to know how old he is. I guess you know because fair, I because fair. my favorite players always look to see how close our birthdays are, so see if we can ever have a joint birthday party together. So that's why I know <laughs> how old he is. Um, so so yeah. yeah, De Bruyne is in this awkward position of, well, if he starts and he's good, I definitely want to consider having him. But there's a good chance yeah. that it's going to be much more uh, um, tenuous than that or, or, or um, hard, hard to read. So that's, that's kind of... When, when you look at the balance of the factors that we put into Kevin De Bruyne's sort of rating, it's like high ceiling. Because if he plays, highest ceiling there yep. is with his potential for bonus goals and assists. Uh, but the yeah. risk factor seems like it's starting to build year on year for him. I think so too, and and especially when there's so many other players who who can, I, I won't say do what he can do, but who have the potential to. I mean, Alvarez. I, I think it's interesting that Pep frequently played Alvarez, mm-hmm. who is ostensibly a forward in the Kevin De Bruyne spot yeah. last year, and he yeah. may be getting groomed to do to do something similar. You know, I, I mean, no one can do the Kevin De Bruyne thing of match kicks off, win the ball, burst down the right. <laughs> Throw a, a, a you know set an absolute perfect cross that yeah. like the player doesn't have to move to yeah. score. I mean that is yeah. you know he's an absolute genius. Yeah, so. you'd have to basically get Trent Alexander Arnold and train him to be a midfield destroyer in order to yeah. like it's it's unrec- yeah. unduplicatable. It's incredible. Yeah, but uh, the other problem was similar to to um, Foden is uh, er, you know Erlen. The Ruba, uh, the the Roomba, you know, <laughs> I can't say his name. Erlen Holland is a hard name to say. Er- Erlen Roomba Holland is swelling up his goals. Right, he had seven goals last season. It was down from fifteen previously. Mm-hmm. So it's a gigantic year over year drop in goals for someone as good as Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, and honestly, you'd expect that to continue. I mean, the the it is it is a, it is an, uh, an approach that netted them a Premier League and Champions League title. I don't know why you would radically change. Uh, I mean, Pep won't be able to resist, but I don't think that he's going <laughs> to radically change that philosophy as yeah. long as Holland is, is healthy. Um, all right. So let's move on from, we've talked a lot about Man City already. I think it's time for us to start talking about Arsenal, Brandon. The first Arsenal midfielder jumps into our rankings at number seven. It's Gabriel Martinelli. Um, interestingly, of all the, the, the three Arsenal midfielders that crack our top 10, the one that's lowest is the one that I had for the most weeks last season. I had, I had Martinelli more than anybody else. And, and rarely suffered for having him. So it feels unfair yep. to say, you know, demerits to Martinelli for anything yeah. because... Still top seven. Yeah, yeah, he had an exceptional season. I think what really underscored how wonderful these Arsenal midfielders were uh, was their price last season as well. So now that... Yeah. 
Gabrielle Martinelli and his counterparts have been bumped up into the eight million plus category, we've got to put them under a, 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 a bigger microscope. A bigger microscope? Yeah. I don't know. Um, but here's yeah, here's more powerful. Uh, yeah, microscope. yeah. So he, going back to the XG, I wanted to point out this this fact that. Goals scored 15, and the Premier League site says uh, just a little over 9 XG. So a question on Gabriel Martinelli is how much is he overperforming and how sustainable is what he is doing? And, I mean, yeah. I test, I... I don't remember... It's enjoy- he's, en- he's an enjoyable player to watch, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and... Mm-hmm. I don't know what part of his goals were um, harder to create. Was the runs that he, the lung busting runs, lungs, the lung busting runs that he made, or the finishes yep. that that he applied to the to them? I, I don't know. But this is the concern. Martinelli is just like a straight up numbers concern. And another one of my issues is uh, Arteta is doing a phenomenal job this summer creating squad depth, bringing in Rice and. And Havertz, you've got Trossard that can play in a number of positions. Yep. What's Martinelli? How Martinelli is? Are his minutes going to be further reduced? You know, Saka feels like he is the Harry Kane of Arsenal, and that he's going to be playing ninety whenever he can and very involved. And then yeah. there's Odegaard, who is so integral to whatever they're doing. So I think these these are all the reasons why Martinelli is still like a, in a phenomenal place in the top ten, but probably has the most number of flags, minor as they may be, amongst the Arsenal players. Yeah, I think Trossard in particular, who is who's played, he's just he's not as good as Martinelli, but he's a very capable fill-in, and I, you can see just it's just that little those those handful of matches, right? Like let's say there's a. Uh, you know, a crucial Champions League tie coming up in October, right? And they just really want to play, uh, you know, uh, Arteta really wants to play uh, Martinelli for that match. That's the match where Trossard's going to play. And you can't, I mean, I, I don't re- repeat what you just said, but you can't really see Saka or Odegaard yeah. not playing both those matches. Whereas Martinelli, it's just a lot easier to, not a lot easier, but it's, it's there's a more capable kind of like-for-like replacement uh, yeah. than there is with uh, with the other two. But just to, to, um, so. to, to be positive about him, though, he is the cheapest yeah. of these three mids on Arsenal. So if you're yes. 0. 0.5 yeah. shy of Saka, I would not lose any sleep having Martinelli instead. No. I lose and a little sleep, I'm still, maybe, but... I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my Arsenal midfield and how I'm going to... I, I mean, I have at least one, mm-hmm. maybe. It's it's hard to figure out how it's all going to work. I mean, I, I almost wonder if I end up defaulting to Gabriel Jesus as my kind of second Arsenal attacker because I, I don't know how to fit everybody in. It's just it's just so tricky to, to do it. So Here's uh, the more, thing more you want to consider, that, though. The opening fixtures for Arsenal are home, Nottingham Forest, away, Crystal Palace, home, Fulham. Then it's Manchester United, followed by Everton, Spurs, boy, it's a it's a very good opening slate of three fixtures. So, yeah, uh, it's pretty cool. Well, Gabriel Jesus is their forward. He, in theory, should be able to score yeah. some goals. Yeah. Just because he's not good at it doesn't mean it couldn't happen. Uh, so. uh, all true. <laughs> all right, let's do one. Let's do one more player, and then we'll take a break. Uh, and this this player, I think, was a surprise for both of us uh, that he that he popped up mm-hmm. uh, quite so high. And that is, uh, uh, even though of course he's a wonderful wonderful player, uh, is uh, Son 
who is uh, 9 million, only 5.4% owned, uh, uh, delight, delightful player to watch. I have not exactly d- delighted in having him on my fantasy team. I, he's, <laughs> he's one of my bad luck players. Never seem to have him at the right moment. But uh, this could be a huge fantasy year for him. I think whether or not uh, Kane leaves. If Kane leaves, then obviously it could be massive for him and for Richarlison, who um, you and I have decided not to discuss on this week's pod. We'll see what happens with <laughs> Kane. I mean, Charleston scored a brace today. I mean, he's, uh, he's certainly, if Kane, if it was it a hat trick. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if Kane, if Kane leaves, uh, then you're going to have a 7 million midfielder probably playing as a forward for, uh, for Spurs. So that we're going to have to reckon with that. And, uh, Listen, Richarlison has been amazing for me during his, uh, you know, during those Everton days. I had some great moments with Richarlison. I think we, we can have those back, Brandon. Those days can come back. But we're here to talk about Son. Uh, it could be a huge fantasy year for him if Kane leaves. But uh, yeah, I think even even just the addition of Madison should help Son, I think, a little bit. Son had to do a lot of work on his own last year. They never quite figured out the midfield. Um or at least the kind of attacking part of the midfield. And um, I think it really, some was just a little off last year too. I felt like, I don't know if it's a, a cumulative minutes thing or what, but it, it didn't feel like certainly the first half of the season that the kind of fire was there. He was some. a lot off, I would say. And I think this is the PTSD with fantasy managers is it was his being out of form last season combined with the huge price jump that he had to endure. Yeah. Was he like 10.5, right. right. which yeah, it was yeah. it was fine that he was unownable because we didn't really need to have him because he wasn't scoring goals. The way I the way I'm kind of thinking of Spurs right now is like Chelsea light. Like everything we're saying about Chelsea in terms of new manager, yeah. new lease on life. Yeah, assuming Kane goes uh, this summer, it will be a very similar thing, but almost. Uh, and listen, all the Spurs fans like enjoy getting at me after these podcasts, but sure. I do feel like it's slightly more unpredictable. Pasta Coglio seems like a great manager, did very well at Celtic, but he has to yeah. come to a new division. And Poch- there are there are some certainties with Chelsea in in terms of Pochettino understanding the league and all of that. Um, yeah. So anyway, I'm just like being a little bit more cautious in my optimism with yeah. Son and Spurs. Yeah, I think that I, um, I think the Chelsea light comparison makes a lot of sense. I was just looking at Sun's numbers uh, while you were talking for the second half last season. He, he was much more consistent, that's for sure. He really, um, I think he had what five goals in his last ten or eleven matches, three assists. So um, whatever was kind of dogging him at the start of the season, it was kind of funny because you're looking. I remember he had this hat trick that he scored in the first half of the season. It was a hat trick off the bench. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, that was, that, that was, was the sign that things probably weren't, it wasn't probably not going to be Leicester's season when they allowed <laughs> a hat trick off the bench from, from Sun. Oh yeah. Who was the Danny, who was that idiot who was in goal for so long? At <laughs> Dan, Dan, Danny Ward, right? Danny was Ward. Daniel, yeah. Daniel Ward? That was just yeah. like uh, humiliation upon humiliation. Yeah. So better priced. He's just removed Son uh, from a, a 23 goals and 10 assists season, massive season. Was he the overall number one point scorer uh, two seasons ago? I think if he wasn't, he was in the top like three. Um, this is before Holland joined the league. I think he was he was up there with with uh, with um, uh, with Salah, I believe. But yeah. well, anyway, co, regardless, co golden was, boot a, winners. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that, you know, new manager, some regression to his play of previous seasons. I think that, um, we could see son, uh, really deliver. 
it's, I hate to say wait and see, cause it's just a kind of a boring answer, but given all of the players, like the next four players that we're going to talk about five through two are all priced at the same price or lower than sun. And so I think that's why he's kind of in that wait and see category. Cause it just seems like you can find better players for that price or cheaper um, going into the season, but the ceiling, again, we talked about these inputs that mm-hmm. we had. And just when you look at historical track record, when you look at, uh, you know, just a, a number of different factors, I, you know, he, does, he doesn't get injured very often. There's just a lot of things in his favor. Um, I think that he could be, um, uh, you know, great fantasy asset. So Brandon, let's take a break, come back and we'll reveal our top five and our midfielder rankings. All right, Brandon, we're back. Five players to go. These five players come from three clubs. Uh, let's kick things off with number five, Martin Odegaard. 8.5 million, 20% ownership. Finished with the second most points of any midfielder in the game. So, Brandon, why is he five in our midfielder rankings, not two? Well, I suppose it is, has to do with the floor and ceiling inputs. Like, while Odegaard is instrumental to so much of what Arsenal does, he can frequently be the assist to the assist. You know, he's yeah. the one unlocking the defenses for, you know, the, the farther forward folks to, uh, to, to finish. I mean, the, the thing yeah. that Odegaard so impressed everybody with last season is, is he said to all the haters... You want me to score mm-hmm. more goals? Here's 15 of them. And a lot of them yeah. will be just of exquisite quality. So, yep. um, and, and I think the, the exciting thing about him and the fun factor is, I frankly don't, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him do even more. He feels like he's a player who could go yet farther and farther. And he, I mean, he's basically the Kevin De Bruyne in the making, but he, maybe, I mean, a more athletic Kevin yeah. in in many respects one that could operate more in in close quarters so uh he's he's just really fun he unfortunately from a fantasy point of view just doesn't have as many arrows in his quiver as number f- number four uh but I, yeah. I, I i i feel like this list reflects how accurately how i'm rating odegaard in the mix is he just feels like yeah. The sec if I'm going to have two Arsenal midfielders, Odegaard will be the second, mm-hmm. regardless yeah. of who the yeah. first. Spoiler, is. spoiler alert! <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I yeah, uh, it'd be amazing if Trossard was number four. <laughs> um, no, I, I think that it's obviously he's in the top five, and there, maybe there's something about when you get up this high, you end up looking for negatives just because it's you're sort of you're 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 comparing them to all the players around them, and I think. I, I think you've already kind of made the, the case. I think I think he gets a little dinged on historical performance than the other than the mm-hmm. four players above him. Um, had a great season last year, kind of reached his potential. I mean, in some ways, he's he's a little bit of a reclamation project after it didn't quite work out for him in Spain. And so, um, it comes you know has a very good second half of the twenty one twenty two season. This sort of breaks up, but again, it's just you know it's. He had he had a couple really big matches, and that really helped him to finish second overall. And so um, maybe there's just a little concern that maybe he won't reach the kind of um, 
I mean, I, I think I think he could continue to grow as a player, but whether he grows as a fantasy yeah. player, that's the one question. Yeah, I mean, his XG, how he produced over his XG is no different than what we were just saying about Martinelli. I mean, he, he's a little yeah. closer yeah. on goals versus yeah. XG, but, you know, Arsenal was just overperforming on so many levels last season. So it's a fair question to ask, are any of these guys going to do as well as they did last season? Yeah. Is Arsenal going to do as well as they yeah. did? They might be a year. They might have been a year ahead of schedule in some ways too. I mean, with the the development and sort of everybody got good at the same time, right? You had Martinelli kick it up a notch, mm-hmm. Odegaard. Um, it's it's like basically it's the dream for every kind of top half of the table squad, right? Is that your young players turn into superstars? Mm-hmm. Your reclamation projects work, <laughs> you know, come come good, yeah. and then you do you have a couple of good free agent signings, and sort of everything clicked for them last season, uh, and 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 so and but but I think what what makes me excited about them is that they they kept going, right? They were like, okay, let's get Declan Rice, mm-hmm. which I'm, an incredible move, yeah. right? I I just don't think you can overpay for center backs or defensive midfielders. I just think that those positions are. It's so hard to find genuine top top level quality that you just have to um, you have to overpay, even if maybe he's not worth one hundred and five million or whatever they whatever they paid for him. Um, so I, I, I just it's exciting. I think it's exciting to see what uh, how it all shakes out with with this squad. And, um, yeah, maybe we'll talk more about that in the in our game week one preview pod. But I, I, I'm feeling pretty high about Arsenal and what they might be able to pull off. And, I you know, Havertz, I mean, he, he's the one midfielder that we're not going to be talking about in this pod. I just, let's see what happens if, if, if an injury, he can play in a lot of different spots. Mm-hmm. So if, if, you know, if, if Martinelli got injured, if Gabriel Jesus was injured, you could see some spots where he possibly even Saka, you could see some spots yep. where he could slot in. So he could be a viable fantasy asset at some point, but certainly not going into the season. Well, you're dancing around number four here. So let's just jump into it with Saka. Yeah. Price sure. same as Odegaard at 8.5 million. His ownership already in FPL is hilariously high at, at 53%. It's not really hilarious. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, it makes me uncomfortable. Uh, I also yeah. have him in my squad. I am among the 53%. Sure. Me too. Because, yeah. I mean, he is... I mean, it, it, you, you said earlier, Josh, like are, with, with great players, do you just end up looking or trying to find excuses to, to knock them? And, mm-hmm. you know, there I have a tendency to think, well, Sokka can disappear in matches, and yet... He yeah. always finishes matches and seasons being just like remarkably the the best player um, uh, for his club. So uh, very high on this guy. He 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 relished taking penalties last season and was really good at converting them, which is a, a big factor when you're looking at selecting between three great choices on one club. Well, why not just take the yep. guy who's and that and that's why. Uh, Saka among the over XG over performer squad is 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 closest to being bang on is because a lot of his conversions were from the pen, or some of his conversions are from the penalty spot, which is good. It's good yeah. from a fantasy perspective. So I I love him. Uh, I think eight point five is still very reasonable uh, value oh, for totally. Him. I think there was there were, there was a moment in February or March of this season before he dipped a little bit where 
it would have been very reasonable for him to come in at like 10 million this season. And so, um, which, which may be a fair assessment of what we can expect from him, given how much Arteta loves him and, and sees him basically as his, as his Kevin De Bruyne. Um, mm-hmm. his kind of, a, maybe, I mean, maybe that's not quite an accurate comparison. I mean, well, De Bruyne in terms of his kind of talismanic role within his, the squad, maybe solid. not his actual he sees positional. him as a solid if you want to go position sure. for position, right? That's a better comparison. Yeah, right. Sure. Yeah. Right. Right. Winger. Um, speaking of, so Saka is the most owned player in the game at 53%. Um, Holland of course is the most owned forward. Do you know what Holland's ownership percentage is, Brandon? Uh, yeah, I was just looking and I think it's like 89%. Yeah, eighty-six point three. Uh, <laughs> That's so wild. Who, who do you think is the most owned defender in the game? Uh, I would say Trent Alexander-Arnold. He is fourth. The most owned is Stupinon with fifty-one percent wow, ownership. Okay, lots of savvy managers wow. out there. I, I know, <laughs> I know. It's slightly annoying. And then, uh, although, but the, but number the players number slots number two and three for the defenders give me some hope because uh, you have Trippier at thirty-five percent, um, which I, I think is. I mean, we'll talk about defenders in a couple of days, but um, that seems at six point five million. Yeah, I think he's a little too high this season. And then you have Luke Shaw at uh, five point five and thirty-three percent owned. I, I'm not looking at Shaw. I feel I, like that percentage honest. is going down uh, as we as we gradually get closer to the game week one deadline. Yeah. All right, and just one more little fun thing then. Who do you think is the number one uh, most known goalkeeper in the game? Hmm. That's a good one. Is it? Wow, I, I want to say nobody. Like people have just like chosen to not. <laughs> there's have, somebody. There's somebody at thirty percent. Thirty percent. Is it thirty point five? Is it Onana? No, too soon for him. Uh-huh. I think. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's a too uh, new of an, uh, an addition. Is yeah. it Alf Alphonse Areola? He's oh uh, god. Okay, yeah. The ba- everyone's he, backup but, keeper. He's only four million, so uh, he may be my starting keeper, Brandon. Um, I mean, because Fa- Fabianski is—he's—he's he's repla- he's like officially supplanted Fabianski, right? So I according think that um, that could be according to rumor. This is this is rumor. <laughs> I believe this is true. Why are we doing this on the on the midfielder pod? I don't know. I couldn't help myself. Let's. I, I believe, okay, well, let's make that a teaser for Sunday's Okay, pod. yeah, stay, oh, can, stay tuned can, for while we confirm comment, rumors yeah, about we, Lucas Fabianski. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I'm right about that, okay, though. Okay. Um, all right, so, uh, yeah, we both we both love Saka. I think that he's, uh, there's almost not a lot to say about him because he's a, he's a terrific player who scores goals and picks up assists, and he's on one of the two or three best teams in the Premier League. Yep. He's 8.5 million. It's a very reasonable price. Um, probably underpriced. Uh, number three, and this is again an, another double here. And you and I went went back and forth. I think I don't know if I ultimately convince you of my position here, but we we've got Bruno third and Rashford second. You thought maybe Bruno should be first, correct? I'm a Bruno guy, and you're a Rashford guy. I'm willing to concede that it's probably a tie at this point. Now. Mm-hmm. You know, we've kind of sort of baked a few caveats into the pod already with the Mason Mount conversation of, you know, where is Bruno going to fit on the pitch? I just really, I mean, we spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about how psychotic Bruno Fernandez is. Mm -hmm. You know, for many, he's constantly barking at the referee, his teammates, and 
I don't know, the ball, yeah. the ball children and himself and uh, no one is safe from him. He is mm-hmm. so hungry for everything. And yeah. I think he is also ruthless in garbage time in these matches. Uh, and I don't know. He's uh, the captain now. And he, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I just see as Manchester United improve, I can't see how it doesn't improve Bruno's fantasy potential. Um, so I'm yeah. I'm I'm voting I, for Bruno, but also Rashford. Uh, it's hard to make a case against Rashford by the same token. On the same token, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think that my case for Rashford over Bruno is. It feels like a lot of the appeal for Bruno is is that 0.5 million difference, but. Uh, I owned Bruno for a lot of last season, and he can be a very, very frustrating player to own in fantasy. Um, there are times, sometimes it was because of Casemiro suspensions, I realized, but like there are, there are times when Bruno c- can find himself very deep in matches. There are times when Bruno sulks and picks up unnecessary yellow cards, which can be very annoying. Um, and there are ultimately times when Bruno is playing the pass that goes to the pass that goes to the goal scorer, right? I mean, uh, sometimes what he's doing is, is he's the playmaker and he's not necessarily picking up goals and assists. And I think that's, that's evidenced by the fact that he didn't get double digit goals or returns last season, mm-hmm. right? Eight goals and nine assists. Um, and only 10 and seven in the season before that, which isn't spectacular. I mean, it's good. Um, but I, you know, so I think the fact that we're, even though he only had eight and nine last season, the fact that we have him third is a, is a statement. And so I, I, I feel like I'm just doing what we just talked about, which is I'm just negging the player that we have third in overall <laughs> rankings. But it's 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 just only it's just specifically in comparison to Rashford. Where I just feel like I I don't know. I to me Rashford is only 0.5 million more, and he's going to be playing further forward, and I think he's going to be scoring more goals, even with even with Bruno on pens. Um, he picked up seven assists as well. I mean Rashford can pass and. He it was a huge bounce back from. There's a reason he started the season at six point five million, which is absolutely insane. Last season he yeah. started so low. Available for for nine million now, which is probably still honestly I think a little bit low uh, for for maybe where he should be. Uh, Seventeen goals and seven assists. It's his fourth season with double digit goals. So it's not like this guy is came out of the blue last year. I mean, it, it's yeah. You know, this is it was just it was just kind of he had that one really rough season um during ten hogs final year um but before that he was a great fantasy asset for for a long long time and so um i guess the question is do we think that he's fully back um or was that kind of a yeah i don't know like a dead a dead cat bounce was was it an outlier politics yeah yeah i I just looking at rashford's historical fantasy performance is interesting and compelling but last season was his first time breaking that 200 points barrier, 205 points on a on a full season. Bruno has had a 244 point fantasy season. Now, granted, that was like four seasons ago, so you know yeah. you got to follow the trajectory of the line here. Um, right. But I, I just I think um, the the floor and the ceiling for Bruno feels higher. Whether that floor slash ceiling is converted as regularly as Rashford is really the question that has to be answered. So yeah, I think I think that's that's really interesting, and maybe it does point to our slightly. I don't want to say radically because I actually don't think you and I think about fantasy that differently, but I, I do think that you maybe place a higher premium on a high floor 
Mm-hmm. And I think I place a higher premium on a higher ceiling. And that's really mm-hmm. maybe the, the dividing line between, between those two players. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Um, so they're both great. Uh, I think there's a good chance I have both in my team going into game week one. Uh, can I make it work? Uh, the, the only way to do it, as far as I can tell, is to not have Trent. If I go without Trent, I can put together a 3-5-2 that, that I don't hate. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's kind of the only way I can really, I think, make it work. So someone's got to go. This is just how it is. You, you can't have every single player unless you yeah. just want to have uh, this overloaded team of expensive players and then everyone else is like $4 million. You know, It just doesn't really work. Well, speaking of someone who's got to go, I think that's really the, uh, the big question about first place here is... Yes. is is can we have this player or not? This player, of course, is Mo Salah, the one-time greatest of all-time fantasy asset, now possibly moving into the number two spot in that ranking. I guess this is post-Ronaldo. You and I were not playing the fantasy when Ronaldo was still at Man United, yeah. and so that, I, st- I know that was kind I still of feel like we, category. we got glory days from Van Persie and Luis Suarez. Every era yeah, sure. has their guy, well, maybe Wayne, Wayne the Rui. lesser version of. but Luis Suarez, yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, Van Persie, too. Van Persie was incredible, but I, I don't think either of them were at the level of, uh, no. of, of Salah, or, or certainly not Holland at his peak. Um, so... There's not much to get to say about Salah. There just isn't because he's number one. He's the best. His <laughs> his price is fair. His ownership is low. I mean, he's the best midfielder in the game, and his ownership is sub 25%. Brandon, just looking at that, I can't envision a scenario where I don't have Mo Salah, just based on that alone. I, I can't... If you can get the top midfielder in the game for under 25% ownership, I, I don't know how I can avoid it. I mean, because yeah. I, I don't even think that's necessarily terrible value because he's so incredibly consistent. Uh, even if you're not going to be captain in most weeks because you're going to be captain in Holland, the consistency and the ceiling, right? When we did our rankings here, um, you know, we, we put a bunch of things together. He's at the top of so many of them, mm-hmm. right? His his ceiling is is the highest of any midfielder. His floor... If it's not the highest, I actually think it, it. I think he did rate the highest, in fact, in, in terms of floor too. So highest ceiling, highest floor. That that's a player that could be priced at thirteen or higher, right? Mm-hmm. So at twelve five, it's 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 really not insane, I don't think. Yeah, it's this is why I was bristling at the at when the game was released. Everyone saying this this is insane. I can afford to have everybody. Well, well, I haven't found a draft with Sala in it that I'm happy with. Uh, I I find that I'm making fewer sacrifices uh, with other parts of my team by not having Salah. However, it's like the I'm making smaller sacrifices. Do they uh, amount to a full Salah sacrifice, et cetera? This this is the calculus. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you. I it's like is like why would you not have Salah and sub twenty five percent? He's in differential territory but this is the like, <laughs> he this, is the, he really is and when he scores five goals in game week one everyone's gonna be kicking themselves that that doesn't yeah, happen and, and he's and he's oh, done I just, it i just stressed you out with that you are stressing me out well you're stressing me yeah, out because yeah. i feel like the narrative the last two years which have been up and down mm-hmm. for Salah, even though he's still just like totally made a 
a mockery of the fantasy game in, in the process is every week where you yeah. think I'm I'm using Saul as a differential. Everyone's captain somebody else. Yeah. Saul always yeah. ends up blowing it somehow. Yeah. Missing a yeah. pen or something like this. So <laughs> uh, he, he there yeah. is there is too much history with Sala at this point where um you know it's like a it's like a family member that I would I would pick them up anywhere. If they needed me, I'd be there. Um <laughs> yeah. but I'm not yeah. spending that much on a Christmas gift for them. Is kind of how I feel about Sala. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I, I've completely followed that metaphor, Brandon. But I, mean, I don't think it made I, sense. But he he did he did un, you know he underperformed not to not to keep doing this, but he underperformed his expected goals by by a couple last season. I think that might just come down to I'm I'm not sure if this is uh you know the one thing yeah we're gonna have to we're gonna have to look into more of the uh the XG stats as they appear in the on the because I'm not sure if the XG is non penalty XG or standard right, XG. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. That's that's an important factor because he did miss two pens last season. Uh, finished on 19 goals with 13 assists. Um, this team is better than they were last season though yep. too, and I think that that's that's <laughs> that's a factor. Um, I think it's going to open up some chances for him. I still don't see anyone really slotting into that right wing spot. I mean, this guy loves to play. The, hates being benched, hates getting taken off at any point. Uh, it's constantly looking for opportunities to score more goals. Um, and so I think he should be fine from that perspective. And so I would expect him to, to move up a little bit. I mean, he is, he's getting a little bit older. I, he's not, uh, he's 31 now. I mean, he's, he's basically, uh, you know, he's a year younger than, than De Bruyne, but, um, How close is his that, birthday does to that mine? start to be, it's uh, almost exactly. He and De Bruyne are like within like a week of each other. So yeah, well, they can have, have a joint two, birthday two party months. then. Yeah, they're about like two and a half months. I don't know a numerology, Brandon. We'll have to <laughs> dig into that a little bit. And it's 80, 85 days apart or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so thirteen. That's unlucky. I I don't really want to look at his age right now because I I mean this guy is is like the fittest player going and. And they've all had the summer off too. I, I think that's a that's a huge factor. Mosala's played a lot of matches for Egypt um, over the last uh, few years, right? African. I mean, obviously they didn't play, qualify for the World Cup, but African Cup of Nations, he played all of those matches in the middle of that season. They all went um, every single one of them somehow went into thirty minutes of extra time. It's like they were all nil nils. It was like very bizarre African Cup of Nations. So I I think having the summer off for him could be huge. I I don't really see. I don't feel like watching those matches. I had a feeling like, oh, wow, Sal is really um, dipping in form. What I felt like was, oh, wow, Darwin isn't finishing some of these chances that Sal <laughs> yeah, is creating. Right. Or it, 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 they hadn't quite clicked yet. And I, maybe maybe Cody Gakpo being there will help a little bit. And I think the point of this exercise is not necessarily he's number one. You have to have him in your team. Like the supercomputer has right rightly said... Mo Salah is yep. the best midfielder in the fantasy game. Now comes the human factor, and we have to either figure out how to fit number one player into our team or figure out how to work around that. I think the advantage yep. of people who are thinking about going without Salah, which I very well may do, and I, I think that that strategy is helped by Holland's existence because Salah used to be so hard to not have because he'd be captain so widely every week. And now that most yep. players will be captaining Holland, it's easier to dodge Salah owners. So that 
that's a that's that's kind of a way to breathe a little sigh of relief. Um, but what what that's the true. what this ranking says is here are the players that are probably going to produce at 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 this level. Um, yeah, and 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 per what I was saying earlier, like in which situation can you slot them in? Solid does feel like yeah, uh, you know, if you can do them game week one, uh, that feels pretty that the fun factor pretty high there. Well, yeah, because it just doesn't, it, you know, it's like, it's just, I just don't, wow, can I, like, speak a sentence here or what? Uh, I just, <laughs> uh, it's just hard to see at the end of the season him not being the the overall points leader in terms of what all midfielders do over the course of a season. So if we're looking at, if we're looking at this through the long lens, I do think he's going to score the most points, and um, and I don't think... We in value is a factor, but I don't think his value is terrible. It's it's appropriate, and he's not like incredible value, but he's not poor value either. I mean, obviously his price forces you to make some other changes, but in terms of the kind of consistency, the consistency that you're going to get for that price, I don't think it's insane. Yeah, I I agree with that. I that's a I don't buy the poor value argument, and we've and you've just said as much. I'm in agreement. Good. All right. Well, that's our that's our pod. I feel like we covered a lot of ground. I, it's substantive, though, Brandon. Well, we was, covered uh, as much ground as a Premier know. League midfielder on this podcast. Every blade of grass, <laughs> and we still probably that's only true. talked about twenty five percent of all midfielders yeah. in the game. And I think what I'm excited about not even so not even close. Yeah, we've got so much more preseason content to mine until game week yep. one, and. I think once we start building our teams, that's when all of the the under the radar sub six million midfielders will start getting talked about more. And I'm excited to talk more about them on this pod. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, that's that's where we are. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, Once again, if you've enjoyed the podcast, if you've enjoyed uh, hearing us talk, if you want to support the podcast and get some mini leagues, get some bonus content, um, you and I have been talking about doing a deadline day show just for our patrons. And so we're trying to work, work that out as well. That'd be probably more like a video show, just, just so that people could actually process the stuff in real time mm-hmm. as, you know, as we sort of make our final decisions. Um, you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Uh, and, uh, I know we've got, we've got some, uh, glassware to send out Brandon and to our, our two or two of our newest patrons as well. Um, but Brandon, do you want to thank our producer patrons? Yeah. Big thanks as always to Mike DiPietro, Trevor Ingerson, our buddy, Chris Howell, Bob Coon, James Holland, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Lazarus Yanos, Jesse Halstead, Bruce Kerr, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Todd Byerly, Andy Portlock at FPL Merch, Kerry Swanson, Jefferson Turner, Buffalo Wildmings, Francis Moore, Sam Shower, Caleb Robbie, Vulgar, Paulson Kruger, Alex Holcomb, James Keatley, The Saint, Bob Fox, Craig Jackson, Shalin F. Kadakia, Terrence O'Donnell, Paul Herzig, Heath Cram, Thomas Tislov, Noan Louise, Travis Grant, Julia Pena, and our newest producer patron, Linus Wennerstrom. Rate, review, subscribe. Let's get us over 500 five-star reviews on Spotify. We're like around 450 right now. Uh, So it's annoying. Okay, let's get across the line. Yeah, come on, come on, guys. It's free and easy. Uh, (laughs) So, so help us out or follow us on X at Hell Cheaters and wherever else you get uh, um, branded social media for all this information, including that league code to our very popular Always Cheating Super League. Go to alwayscheating.com. That's a wrap. Thanks, everyone. And we'll be back on Sunday with our Defender and Goalkeeper Pot.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.